0: But I eat a sandwich with a glass of cooked ro. No one could see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional law But now when I have doubt I can do what I want
1: And welcome to the existentialist cucumber, the podcast where a pat on the back is just eight inches higher than a kick in the ass. And my name is Larry Wu. and I'm Curtis Withers. I
0: feel like I get the kick in the ass these days more than the pat on the back. That eight inches, that eight inches is, it's, 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 it's a fine line. Going south. It's always going south.
1: Well, I, I, I always, I always say, Curtis, that you, you, you also like to ride the fine line in many things like you, you like to ride the fine line when it comes to your personal style, you ride, you ride the fine line between personal style and high fashion, right?
0: I, I, I like to live on a certain kind of edge.
1: <laughs> it's true. So, um, speaking about riding on an edge and, you know, the, the, the kind of the gray area about being congratulated or being uh, beaten up with a kick in the ass. Um, I had a conversation recently with someone uh, about the fairy tale or the grim tale, Rumpelstiltskin. So you remember Rumpelstiltskin, right? I don't know if that story's actually been told to kids that much, because I can't remember even like telling it to little man. Um, Yeah,
0: it it has. uh, I think it's still, it's still kind of in the, it's, it's, I think it's still in the rotation amongst uh, the fairy tales. I always always get it confused. I think just because of the the long R names, I always get it confused with Rapunzel, which is completely oh yeah, no, <laughs> for...
1: it's it's both it, they both have 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 girls who are locked away for various right. reasons. But so not. so to to kind of give everyone a, a recap, so Rumpelstiltskin is like this Teutonic tale. Is that is a it fair? It's German, right? It's Teutonic tale uh, about an imp who spins straw into gold in exchange for this girl's firstborn. I don't think it's ever explained what Rumpelstiltskin does with the firstborn, does he? I just assumed that he, that he was going to eat
0: it and wait all that time. That... Yep. Yeah. was okay. going to build up an appetite so
1: they could really save her. <laughs> so, um, the conversation went trying to determine who in Rumpelstiltskin is the villain and who is the hero in the story. And my argument was Rumpelstiltskin out of all the characters, like and the, the the main characters, is like the least evil. Even though the deal is really, it's 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 sickening and it's 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 is reprehensible. But it a deal's a deal, right? He, he that that was his side of the bargain to spin the gold for her. I would argue that I would still argue that the that that the
0: the woman is the least evil because. Yes, she does renege on the deal. But remember, the deal is to offer up her firstborn. And, and um, she is, uh, uh, you know, she's the victim of her, her father's hubris, right? And the king, and I guess later her husband's greed. And, you know, Rumpelstiltskin takes advantage of the situation by <laughs> offering her a terrible, terrible deal to you know to get her out of the jam. So while yes she does renege on that deal and you shouldn't renege on any deals, it's true. I still think that she is definitely uh in 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 a very relatable spot in that. Like I think if I had made a similar deal, I would also renege on that deal.
1: Well, she not only reneges on the deal because what happens at the end of the fairy tale that uh, that stops rumpelstiltskin in the end. Because I think it was, she just had to say his name, right? She had to guess his name. But she finds out somehow, right? Like, I think she follows stilskin home. Just as some, right? Wasn't that some kind of, like, she finds out his name somewhere along the way, right? Like, he, he I think she overhears him singing it. So I, I'll, I'll slightly agree with you. Like, she is the most sympathetic. So I think we'll just call her the queen. I don't know if she actually has a name. Does she have, actually have a name in the fairy tale? I don't know. Okay, well, the girl or the queen, Mm -hmm. she's the most sympathetic character out of all of them, but she's the one that actually kills him in the end after reneging on the deal. So she actually does double duty. Does she kill him? Well, he, he kills him by saying his name, doesn't he? Or somehow, didn't it? Or I don't think she killed him. Man. I thought I thought I thought that was the thing. She
0: he said, You can
1: get out of the deal if you guess my name,
0: thinking like, Oh, well, okay. ridiculous okay. Name, so, But But nothing happens guess.
1: to but nothing happens to him. I don't know. I must have heard another version. I remember another version where something happens to him. I think you you read like the gritty reboot. <laughs> the the Zack Snyder version? The Zack Snyder version. I mean, maybe he dies, but in
0: my recollection he doesn't die. He just he's forced to like He's, he's forced he's forced to give up the deal and not eat eat the eat the uh, firstborn,
1: and go back playing cards with the knights of knee.
0: Yeah,
1: eh, that's that's not big deal. But yeah, yeah, definitely it would be the king or the father. But like you said, it, it's it's uh, like they don't make they don't make stories like that anymore. Where you know, just everyone is like reprehensible. Well, maybe Tarantino, right? In uh, um what was that Western uh, movie that he Oh, The Hateful out? Eight. Yeah. The
0: Hateful Eight. Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, you do get them sometimes, but I think like, you know, most people these days want a straight morality tale, you know, if, mm-hmm. if they're going to, you know, I think, I guess like people just, like you say, you get, you get a kick in the ass enough in this in this day and age, sometimes you just wanna see some movie where, you know, the 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 morality is clearly defined and you wanna see the good side win and all that kind of stuff. But uh yeah, it's still very fun, I think. And and I guess back then like that that fairy tale would have been very much sort of like in popular and probably, you know, a lot of the stories back then in, in, in uh in 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 popular uh lore or whatever mm. were were not so clearly defined. They were maybe more true to life, you know. I think in
1: life people are generally operating
0: in, a, in in a gray area.
1: Yeah. We were talking off air about a movie. Now you haven't seen it yet, but as a result of our conversation here, go watch the movie Ex Machina with Oscar Isaac and Domel Gleason. Um and the female characters played by Alicia Vic um go watch that movie and then I'll ask you that same question like Stillskin and you tell me who the villain is in that movie.
0: That sounds uh, good.
1: Yeah, so g- give that a shot. And that's that goes for anyone else that's listening. Give that movie a shot. It is a, a very good movie. I was actually quite impressed. Um, but uh, one thing I was not impressed about was our Toronto Maple Leafs. But I guess, I don't know why <laughs> I would have been any impressed, but did you feel that evening, Curtis? That that I think it must have measured about six point two on the Richter scale of everyone throwing their Leafs jersey on the ground at the same time. I I uh, I was pretty
0: sure once they sort of lost. I even thought once they lost Game Five, they were probably going to lose the series, and I definitely thought once they lost Game Six, that they were that Game Seven, they were going to just be flat and. Uh, so I was kind of uh, I I I wasn't I didn't even watch it. I, I did trivia. I was in a team team trivia that night. I think I had more fun than a lot of people who were <laughs> watching the game. Um but yeah, I definitely like I definitely as soon as it was over, I definitely checked Twitter just to see just so that I could feel the angst. Um and it was palpable.
1: <laughs> so, uh leave it to the beaverton to have uh, a few of the greatest headlines this one was uh one of my favorites here um dominatrix offers her subs so i guess her submissives new punishment that replicates pain humiliation of being a leafs fan <laughs> So, but, but what's, you know, Curtis, you're, you're, you're the resident, uh, sports analyst here or about as close, closer than I am. What is it going to take from here? Like short of exorcism, like what, what do they do? Well, there was a lot of
0: things that I think, you know, people didn't maybe factor in. Like, I think like analysts did or people, you know, who, 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 who are, you know, more in tune with the whole NHL did, but like. I think there's a, like, Carey Price is an amazing goaltender and continues to, to be an amazing goaltender when the chips are down. During the regular season, he may not be quite as, as good as he was, but when it's playoffs, when the chips are down, he always rises to the occasion. And that can kill you. And the Leafs didn't have the same type of goaltender, Jack Campbell played well but they didn't have the the best player on the ice in the series was carrie price and when that happens a team uh, which quite frankly is quite mediocre like montreal can can steal a series and they did just that i think they're going to have a tougher time against winnipeg which has a lot more depth toronto tends to be front loaded in their offense uh um, so, you know, they did a good job of shutting down uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares got knocked out in the first game and uh, they didn't have really much secondary scoring to pick up the slack. Uh, I don't think you can do that as easily with Winnipeg. Um, they don't have necessarily a guy of Austin Matthews' caliber, but they do have, I think, a lot more depth in their for- forward line and they have a goaltender who I think is on a similar level to to Carey Price. So I think that the Habs will will uh will lose against the Jets, but I think as far as the Leafs, I think you know that's just one of the things they they need I think they do need a very good 2 elite goaltender which I don't think they have right now and I think they need to get a bit deeper,
1: not deeper in the hole though. No, they've already got so, that. So <laughs> So so you don't think exorcism is uh, in the cards? Uh well, I mean I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> is case. is is Max von Sydor uh available to come talk to the team maybe? Yeah, or his uh or his his non-union Canadian equivalent.
0: Um <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I mean I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, yeah, it's it's it it is really weird. They were up 3-1 in that series. They looked like they were in control and then they just um they they you know they just blew it and they didn't look they didn't really play with a ton of confidence after that after after that uh game uh game four where they went up 3 uh, three three one. They didn't play with a ton of confidence and they just looked like like it was their destiny to lose. That's honestly how it looked. You know it, it just it just I don't know what, what 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 it what it will take, but uh you know, I think eventually you throw enough money at it they'll find a way to win a championship just, i guess just but... just, just but yeah just buy it just buy a cup yeah yeah just just do it like it's tough it's tough in a in a in a salary in a in a league with a hard salary cap but you know you can still
1: you, you can find a way what well, what was that uh thing that they did back in the uh was it the was it the 80s or was it even the 90s the 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 larry bird uh clause isn't it wasn't that a way of getting over the cap uh, back then? Uh, you where yeah, they don't have any loopholes like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a hard cap. There's okay. no,
0: there's no bird. Yeah, the bird clause, the bird clause still exists in in uh, in basketball. There's still a bird clause, but uh, or bird rights. You can get bird. Oh, is that know, what they call have, it? You have a player's bird rights, and that. Like some, <laughs> there's all kinds of like weird tools in the NBA that you can get. There's like the mid-level exemption. I don't understand. I'm not a capologist. I don't understand a lot of it. Yeah. Also in the NBA, you can go over the cap and pay luxury tax. And some teams do. But mm. you, you can't do any of that stuff in the NHL. There's a hard yeah. cap and
1: you can't go over it. Well, doesn't matter. The Leafs are playing golf now and we'll have to wait for next season. Which, uh, by s- well, I guess if they start the season... You know October, October ish, like they'll be in front of fans, like there was in the Bell Center. You and I mm-hmm. thought there would never reach game six, we'll never see fans in the stand, but no, nope. I didn't think they would, but I was wrong, and they did. And, and then even Toronto had some fans, right? They had what 500 people in uh Scotiabank Theater, uh, yeah, Scotiabank they, they, had,
0: they had some, yeah, some, 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 uh, some frontline workers, and that's the same tonight in Winnipeg, they've got some frontline workers, uh, there as well, so. You can see see things slow, you know. That that's just yeah. like a slow step to getting back to some sort of thing where situation where I can maybe go see my beloved Raptors again.
1: Yeah, but that you know, I, I kind of thought about when you when you mentioned that. Who exactly went? That that's that's a rough time for those people. A, they're they're heavily worked, they're exhausted, they have a very emotional job, and then you say, "Here, go watch the Leafs lose." <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. It was, it was I don't cruel. think it was a break for them. It was cruel. Well, it, it was totally cruel, cruel thing to
0: do. What a cruel thing yeah. to do. You want you 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 know what you, they should have done. They should have they should have uh, people who had to do community service could have could have knocked off some of their community service by going and watching the
1: Leafs in game 7. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Well, um and then even in the when they won in Toronto, but they had scenes of Montreal. Like it was people in pubs kind of watching, I guess they, they weren't still inside, but they, you know, gatherings and people mm-hmm. were celebrating nothing too insane. But mm-hmm. um, again, just slowly seeing life kind of get back to normal. Yeah. Um. So we got a pack show again. Uh. Later on, we're going to be doing our review of 1986's Highlander, Highlander, um, which is a huge cult movie onto itself. It's, basically spawned its own franchise right like let's mm-hmm. let's not even call it like one probably. we'll talk a bit more in the episode but let's uh let's get on with our headlines right now so um another little sad story so this is a, a rest in peace story so paul Sh- souls dies uh he was the voice actor that voiced the 1960s spider-man cartoon and he was also Hermie the elf probably mo- known more for the latter i guess um you know, from a, 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 mainstream, uh, popularity, but, uh, yeah, Canadian guy, seven decades doing voice acting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, but Peter Parker and the original Spider-Man cartoon, the, um, the roughly animated background didn't move, <laughs> um, cartoon, which I think a lot of kids grew up with, um, That's in the 1960s. How- I also loved how Spider-Man, how
0: Peter Parker's voice would change when he put on the Spider-Man costume. Oh, yeah, you know, he's more manly, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, they don't do that, really, with uh, with Tom Holland, you know, in these days. He's <laughs> with the same voice. But back then, like, he'd just be, you know, he'd be Peter Parker, the
1: teenager. and then he'd, I've got to go see what Mysterio is up to. <laughs> <Da-na-na>. <laughs> That's right. It, has, it still has the most fantastic theme song, though, right? It's a great theme song. It really is. Uh, yeah and they they still reference it like in
0: uh, they reference it today like in that uh uh in the uh, Spider-Man
1: uh, Into the Into the Spider-Verse uh um, animated and, movie. Yep, and wasn't it played as the beginning of the credit of the credits in Homecoming or was it the second movie? I thought they played Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Just before the credits roll, right? So Yeah. Um but he also did quite a few other roles in the 1960s for that that early animated um, scene that Marvel is trying to get into. Uh, he, he voiced the uh, voice of Bruce Banner. Um, he also did other roles in Iron Man, Spider-Man. Um, he also did a whole bunch of other kid stuff. But yeah, just a, a huge career in, uh, in voice acting.
0: Yeah, it's one of those guys like, you know, I'd I'd never even really heard of him until, you know, until you until until like you sent me that story. But uh, you know, you know, you definitely know those characters, and especially if you grew up in, you know, in in uh, sort of you know, and you watched Spider Man a lot, and you watched uh, and you watched like Rudolph every every Christmas, and you you were kind of aware even when you were a kid that the, that there was like a Canadian connection to those. Uh, yeah, to, to those productions.
1: I didn't realize that he did both the voices. Now, when I hear it now, it's like, oh, how could I not? How could you not tell? Like Hermie and Peter Parker's voice in the same. Yeah. 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 Uh, then, okay. yeah you can definitely make that link. Yeah. Oh, well. Rest in peace, Paul's uh, souls. Thank you for the memories. um The second story falls into our category of more free stuff if you get a vac shot in the States. So, uh Krispy Kreme. Still giving away free donuts, Curtis. Uh, But uh, if you are vaccinated, customers get two. So there was, I think it was like National Donut Day a few days ago and they were giving away free donuts. But if you were, if you could prove vaccination, you get two sugary, delightful donuts from Krispy Kreme. Which, by the way, I did go into one in Toronto not too long ago. I bought six of them because it's been a while since I've had it. Mm -hmm. Man, it's they're disgustingly sweet oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) like like i i felt like my teeth were hurting by the time i finished one
0: when you go in when you go in
1: do they still give you like the free one that's just come off the uh not in COVID era yeah i guess but i i don't this one is this one i think is one of the i think it's like it's it's more of like a satellite um store so i don't think they do any of the baking on site at the one i went into oh right so i went into the one in chinatown so i i, I don't think uh, i don't think they bake their own but you but you're right the, in the one in mississauga that i think you might be referring to the one in heartland mall yeah yeah where where when it opened what 20 years ago i guess it's almost that that time What there was a, like, yeah. a a lineup of cars and
0: oh yeah I used to work right near there, and when it opened, I remember like, see, and I was like, I'm not gonna line up. I mean, uh, to me, I felt like if you're a Canadian and you're surprised by a donut to the point where you line up, like hand in your passport. But yep. but 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 you know what? They are good donuts. They're incredibly sweet. You have to. Yeah, you good. have to be. You have to want that style, that incredibly
1: sweet. Um, yeah, style, and if you do, so, then they're good. So uh, another company that was giving away free stuff, and this would actually surprise me. So CVS, which is like their equivalent of Sharper's Drug Mart in the States, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, except you can probably get firearms there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Firearms Um, and booze. (laughs) So at the CVS, they're offering prizes for vaccinations now. Those prizes include Target gift cards, trips to bermuda and miami and stays in Wyndham hotels for customers who just get covid shots now the one prize that they're offering that man if this doesn't get every single red meat eating beer guzzling american to a vaccination uh site at the cvs super bowl tickets yeah like that's that's absurd like you know forget about all those other things like that those super bowl tickets are you know gold so great on them why they felt that they needed to do it but um but it's it's crazy what what they're doing in the states to just get incentivized people like here's another story a southwestern ohio woman won the state's first 1 million vaccine million vaccination incentive prize so they gave her a mil- like a lottery ticket that the prize was a million dollars just to go and you know get your vaccination i wonder
0: if we'll ever get to that i don't think we'll there'll be like prizes quite as uh quite as luxurious as what's being offered by CVS. but uh i wonder if we will ever get to that stage in canada because like
1: we haven't hit the hesitancy wall yet no we we've recently we're just like under 70 percent for first shot yeah. Right now, I think I think that's what they they're, they're saying yeah. in Ontario. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know what. Um, but you're right. So uh, actually, bef- before we move on, I just want this is another ridiculous prize. So uh Daytona area teen was awarded a first full ride college scholarship. <laughs> like, let that sink in. So, Curtis. Are we being chumps for getting our shots early? Like, should we be holding out for a prize? Yes. Like, are we missing out? Emphatically <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, now I'm kind of regretting. I maybe I should have stuck around. So that being said, let me ask you something. What would the Canadian equivalent prizes be? Like, what do you? Who do you see participating in this uh, prize Vax giveaway, and what would they be offering? Uh,
0: I could see. Uh, Tim Hortons offering a year's supply of coffee. Um, I could see. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe MLSE offers like some some Leafs or Raptors tickets when they
1: when they start going again. See, that would have been incentive for me to hold out <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, you're right. I think maybe Canadian Tire can do something. Yeah, Canadian, Canadian Tire entire, can offer
0: Canadian Tire gift cards.
1: Yeah, you know? or a free a free oil change here and there. Yeah, maybe some some chains for your tires for winter. That's a nice Canadian incentive prize, right? You, yeah. get, you get people in Winnipeg lining up for that.
0: And then, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe maybe Queens, maybe Queens University could give you uh free tuition for uh, free, free tuition and and acceptance. No questions asked, regardless of your transcripts.
1: Regardless <laughs> of so the marks on your eyes. script you'll, you'll you'll yeah, and that that person will that that's not even a Christmas graduate. There, that's probably Thanksgiving graduate.
0: <laughs> yeah, well um, they'll they'll take out all the all the required reading from the library first, drop out, and then bring it all back at the book amnesty and not have to pay anything. That was that was the Carlton University special. That happened yeah.
1: all the time. I I, I think uh, another Canadian prize probably uh, there'll be a lot, a lot of beer, right? I think there'll be there'll be a lot yeah. of beer giveaways
0: yeah you can get some beer giveaways for sure i
1: i i i would think one prize would be um do uh get a get vaccinated and then maybe molson's will put your face on bottle labels for the next little bit maybe or name put your name on some of them or personalize something yeah um, yeah or here we go done City of City of Toronto will uh, shovel your sidewalk for uh, a season or two. Yeah, during that'd, winter, that'd be that'd be, that'd be that'd great. Be, that, that, that. I'd love that. Yeah, I barely maybe have one, anything
0: to shovel, and
1: already I would definitely like. I'd do anything <laughs> to that prize. Or or or, or maybe one uh, one just for you, Curtis. Is they'll they'll cancel uh, Taste of Danforth for one more year. <laughs> Everybody, everybody in that, basically everybody east of Dan, east of the Don Valley, you know, <laughs> suddenly vaccinations are a hundred percent in uh, the Danforth area. <laughs> that would be a treat. But, uh,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people would, would like me if I chose that as my prize. All the people, <laughs> the, because there's still a lot of people who want to line up 20 minutes for
1: souvlaki that you can, that you can get any time. I, I would actually, do, I, uh, you know what? I, if for Torontonians even today, I think um, another more interesting prize would be uh, get vaccinated, and the city will shut down. Let's just say a quarter of all the cannabis stores that have been spawning up everywhere, <laughs> because that's the one thing I noticed being around the city lately. That the that the city's now turned into cannabis shops pharmacies or coffee sh- like bad coffee shops <laughs> like those are your three choices like the i, I kind of lost count when driving along blur uh from like the annex uh to about like dufferin mm-hmm. just like just like lost count out of all the cannabis dispensaries yeah
0: i think um we've had of uh, in our neighborhood of things that have closed
1: down and then reopen as
0: something else.
1: Yeah. So I I would think, uh, yeah, get your shot, and we'll shut down some some of these stores and make room for something a bit more interesting. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I I I don't know what the Americans. I guess they're they're still having problems that with with hesitancy that they're giving away like this level of stuff. Like
0: yeah. Well, I mean, it could happen here because they've been uh, they're further along right uh in their program and uh we went it went great people were getting getting vaccinated uh you know and and the the percentage of people who who received their first shot was was going up and then then you hit that point where you get like all the people who are enthusiastic about getting the vaccine have got it so now you get the hesitant people and then of course beyond that are the anti-vaxxers so you're probably not gonna reach the anti vaxxers, but you gotta to try to convince the hesitant
1: people. And you know, what better way than to offer Super Bowl tickets? Well, we know this next story, what this guy would do. We could give him an easy prize to get vaccinated. This headline, I have to see if I can say it with a without cracking up. So I'll try very hard here. I'll have to use all my concentration here, Curtis. Kazakh bodybuilder who wed sex doll open to dating non-inflatables there's a lot to unpack there yes yes the the fact that they had to point out that this guy is a Kazakhstani and he's a bodybuilder like that that was like it it could it didn't have it could have just said man who married sex doll right it was like this very specific I thought so apparently, yes, this gentleman is open to many new things, so Yuri here married Margot in November um says actual human beings are okay too, as long as they like his sex dolls. uh I'm on his Instagram right now. okay, yeah, oh my god, it is worth it <laughs>
0: <laughs> worth
1: <laughs> it okay, so what, what what give give us give us give us the rundown.
0: So there's quite a few pictures of him with various sex dolls in uh, in some poses that I would that, that that are kind of like sort of like standard boyfriend, girlfriend uh, poses and some that I would consider like fairly artful where he's like <laughs> posing, looking away in the foreground and then the sex doll sort of standing, standing, standing back and stuff like that. Um, there's. There's one where he's faced away from. There's no sex style in this one, but he's faced away from the camera. And he's got a striped muscle shirt and no pants. And his muscle shirt's riding up, and you get the full moon view. Which is <laughs> quite quite something he's a very he's, he's 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 a very muscular and very and very hirsute individual <laughs> there's another one where he's slathering himself with uh red yellow and green paint uh there's another one where he's with one of the sextiles, but he's wearing a very tasteful cardigan
1: oh okay yeah. well you know maybe maybe it's maybe that's a a cross promotion where he's actually like uh Carnegie seller he has
0: he has a hundred and eleven thousand followers on instagram
1: that's 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 nothing to to cry about no what was what's up with that one photo of him hugging the uh, chicken carcass (laughs) i don't i think it's like i think it's like three quarters the way down the first page and he's like doing this artful shot wearing these it looks like daisy dukes and he's kind of cradling like this raw chicken that's been skinned and like just about him to put it on in the oven or something. I I don't know what that.
0: <laughs> he's got some interesting. He's got some interesting stuff going on for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so um. So apparently Margot broke not long after the wedding, yeah. and he said he's dumped her now. Anyways, and has two new plastic friends, Luna and Lola. Yes, where Lola has a woman's head and a chicken's body. Maybe that explains the chicken uh, hugging photo.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't. Oh, I, I can see.
1: I can see. Oh. <laughs> oh, did, did, did you did you find Chicken Lady? I did. I did it <laughs> on his
0: Instagram. Uh, it's a bit uh, NSFW.
1: Okay, um, yeah,
0: it's it's a, like an inflatable chicken body, and then a woman's head, and uh, and he he enjoys
1: her company. I'll I'll leave it at that. Okay,
0: but yeah, check out this dude's Instagram. check out this
1: check out this dude's Instagram. What what is his Instagram? It's, his last his name is Yuri yeah. underscore Tolochco, right? Yeah, to- Yuri Choc.
0: Yuri with two eyes underscore. Tolochko, T O L O C H K
1: O. Odd Jack. And he's also called Odd Jack. Oh, he's a public figure. Pansexual. Dirty Macho Savage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is uh I'm I'm thank you, Larry, for introducing me to uh
1: La- to now, that. Now, that tell, was now very
0: entertaining.
1: Tell tell t- t- me he has like an OnlyFans site as well, so you can get his more explicit stuff or his members only stuff. He might. I, I would. I would be shocked if he didn't. Really. Like. Well. Hey. If you, if, you have, if, if you have if you have a hundred thousand followers and you're not cashing in on those eyeballs, yeah. But I want to know who are the hundred thousand people. I, I don't know. I guess we're now a hundred thousand and two. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm definitely following. Oh uh, okay. So that 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 goes in with our our uh, our headlines. Let's throw those out the window along with uh, Yuri. There. Bye, Yuri. It's been real. Yep it's been real but uh let's go and talk about our review uh so it's been a while since we've done one I, i'm thinking jesus we, we've been kind of uh i think the last one we did actually was another christopher lambert vehicle we so we we did mortal kombat You're right. right it was so maybe, yeah it's kind of weird that we do it okay so back to back christopher lambert i keep calling him lambert but he. i guess it would be lambert right i think i think so yeah uh 1986's Highlander um well not much to say here it's uh it's a huge franchise it spawned many sequels TV series multiple TV series right i would think i would like to say multiple TV series yeah um, i think so yeah and um they are in the process i guess of developing or making a another Highlander movie a recent one where um Superman himself uh Henry Cavell is that how you pronounce his name uh he will be playing the lead character we don't know if he's playing Connor mcLeod or ancestor of or whatever I don't think it really makes sense but um, we we decide to watch the original Highlander movie and kind of ignore so our our review is just on this movie and ignoring everything else that's happened around it because I know there's more lore but um Curtis why don't you start us off well um I I think <laughs>
0: it was it was good um not and and again as often these movies are it's not good in a this is a milestone in uh cinematic achievement type of type of movie but uh it was it was it was entertaining it's it's um it's very 80s um you know it's got the 80s plot contrivances it's got some, you know, kind of like some eighties misogyny, I would say. Um, I, but uh, I, it's got like some interesting sort of aspects to it. Some scenes, I know we were talking about this before, Larry. Uh, like, like some of the photography is very artfully done. Like some of the, some, some, some of the, uh, the way. Uh, scenes are shot. There is one scene in particular right at the beginning where a guy that the uh, Highlander Connor Connor uh, Connor McLeod, I almost said Connor McDavid, is uh, fighting. <laughs> drops his his sunglasses, and then you can see like sort of like that the the scene progressed through the sunglasses. You see like the like the the sort of fight scene, and and uh, I was like, wow, that was that's a really cool shot for a movie that's really kind of um by the book in a lot of ways um there's some interesting stuff and we talked obviously about the soundtrack uh is by queen and uh and it's and it's killer not to no pun intended mm-hmm. um but um but you know, i know that, <laughs> that there's some stuff to unpack in this movie and uh some of the sort of weird direction that the movie takes and,
1: you know, yeah. Uh, Let's, let's take it back a bit. So Highlander is a story about um, an immortal Scottish swordsman. Uh, So the movie starts off. Well, like you said, the movie has some really interesting things and we could talk about how it's shot and how it's also laid out. But the story is of this, it's in the 1500s. Connor MacLeod, um is assumably mortally wounded and dies in battle, but he survives and he gets banished from his clan. And he lives out his life as a as mortal through the ages. And um, there are others with this power and they're all working towards, quote unquote, this thing called the gathering, which I th- I don't think you're... Uh, and we'll explain uh, uh, Ramirez's role in this, played by Sean Connery, what the gathering really is. At least I don't think it does. I, in the review, uh, I, I couldn't remember if they actually mentioned it uh, until the end. Uh, but what you realize is all these immortals effectively out to kill each other unless they form some allegiance with some of the other immortals over time. It's not really explained how you become immortal. It's just something by chance and it's just look, you're 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 one of the immortals and um and uh the only way to kill another immortal is to behead them. So they kind of made a little an interesting myth around it. Um You're introduced to Kurgan, who's played by Clancy Brown, a very young Clancy Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh so he's the villain evil guy and uh Sean Connery kind of plays the I guess the Obi-Wan character. Yeah, he's like the the guide. He he's guiding sort of Connor mcleod who's yeah, and, new and, to all this and trains him and um he also is another immortal. I think Sean Connery says he's about 2000 years old, right? I think that was the the whole thing, mm-hmm. the whole deal. Uh I liked it too. You know, I I When you suggested the movie, I said, oh, man, I haven't seen Highlander in a long time. When I started watching it, I realized I don't think I've actually sat down and watched Highlander from beginning to end. I think I know enough about Highlander. And maybe I've seen I think I've seen the second and third one. And maybe there was like another reboot one down the road in the the 2000s, maybe early 2000s. I remember that. But um, but I really enjoyed it. Like, you're right there's some really weird 80s stuff going on. Maybe let's talk about the weird 80s stuff first just to get it off our chest. Um one scene that was really weird to me was the scene near the beginning where they arrest um uh Connor, which they don't know his name is Connor. I think he's he's like an antique dealer as he's known in New York. They arrest him and they do this interrogation, this weird mm-hmm. like this weird homophobic conversation that they have with the one cop and i i don't i don't think i really understood why that scene was even necessary right the whole thing was he was not arrested they show him the blade of the other guy and it's this like million dollar rare sword yeah uh, but it was like this really awkward scene where you know uh where it was like the 80s oh you must be one of those guys you know um so that was a weird scene
0: yeah it was weird and that was yeah it was a really weirdly
1: aggressive cop in that yeah yeah, yeah. but but nothing ever came of it right like i thought i remember oh does um does christopher lambert ha- lambert have uh uh like mind reading powers or something because there was like this but and then i realized throughout the entire movie in the modern day era he he plays that role of of, uh, of the modern Connor with that furrowed brow mm-hmm, in yeah. every single scene. Yeah, yeah. Like his forehead must have been so sore by the end of shooting all of the modern day scenes.
0: Yeah, that's right. He does. Uh, um,
1: yeah. The The second odd 80s thing, and again, this is very common for 80s movies, was the impromptu sex scene. like didn't you find that kind of awkward yeah yeah i did especially because like i think like the modern day one by the way yeah yeah
0: in the 80s that kind of stuff happened all the time right like movies just had casual sex in them all the time like even police academy i think had like some 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 probably several scenes nudity and yeah unnecessary nudity and stuff you know it was just par for the course but um but like in this one and and i think this was kind of an 80s thing as well he acts so weird and so creepy and i don't think he's supposed like he's supposed to be the good guy but he acts so weird uh and uh creepy towards um the brenda wyatt who is uh mm-hmm. the uh a police forensics investigator and and also as it turns out a uh an expert on uh, martial weapons of <laughs> sword martial martial weapons yeah um and really like any any person in their right mind around a guy like that would not be not not would, would would i don't think would be open to any sort of physical relationship but you know so, some somehow he managed to, ch- to charm her
1: with his weirdness and his constantly furrowed brow no but but it was his weirdness and wasn't the scene like they were at his round room where he had all of his personal artifacts yeah he explains the story and then they do it yeah wasn't like i remember it was just like hold on i had to back it up again there was a few times this movie made me come out of the movie to pause it and say what yeah and i I, there was a few times it did that yeah yeah Um, i I don't know if there was any other 80s weirdness other than the kind of you know oh we got to incorporate this magic they didn't have special effects back then so it was really just animation on top of the negative right
0: <laughs> I think I think I yeah and I think like the other 80s thing to me is just kind of like the overall the overall plot I guess is just like the we were talking about it be- before like like the end we'll get into it we'll get into sort of what happens at the end later but with the way it ends, which is just kind of like there's a big there's a big sort of action sequence and then it just kind of ends and it ends it's just to me a very 80s. Way just mm-hmm. sort of like we need to wrap this up. Let's let's have a two-minute scene. Yep. Boom.
1: On delay. <laughs> um. Okay. So that that was kind of the '80s weirdness. Um. There's there's other weird things, but I wouldn't call it film. It was just the way that one character behaves. But uh, let's go to things that uh, I think both you and I like. This is the one thing I did like about the movie, and and it does relatively well. Is weaving connor's past story with what is happening today mm-hmm. uh so they they go back you know that's where sean connery is um and le- learning more about really the likable connor yeah <laughs> uh because yeah if you if you just watched it purely with furrow browed angst connor in modern day um you'd be like oh he's just weird and like you kind of meet the more human Connor in, in those flashbacks mm-hmm. and they, and they do it well, right? Like they don't do it all in one chunk and then modern day, like I, weaving the story in. Right. Um, sometimes it made sense that it weaved it into that. Um, and then others where they just kind of did it because they need to talk about something that happened in the past. So I thought that was really well done. And I, but I think also it's one of those things about this movie that was like a lost opportunity. I think they focused, in the end, like you said, oh, let's quickly wrap this up. I think they had some really good themes that they could have talked about, like the more interesting ones that they sort of touch upon, but they gloss over because either the writer didn't have a good answer for it. Like the whole th- idea of being immortal and living through the ages, like what that does to a guy, which mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, eventually turns into furrow-browed uh connor but I, I think that was a missed opportunity they, they sort of touch on it but it's it's like really like they, they just kind of gloss over it like they kind of do that neat scene where um his relationship with his receptionist who's this little girl that she he rescues in world war ii right
0: that's right yeah
1: like i think if they did more of that along with the like the the main arc uh, I thought it would have made a much more interesting story.
0: I agree with you. I, I think that there was some uh, missed opportunities there as well. And also like we talked about how like
1: the movie seems to do a tonal shift sometimes. Oh, no, no, it does. And... Like there is no sometimes yeah, <laughs> like, like... <laughs> you and I were saying it almost looked like either the writer or the director quit and <laughs> someone else took the reins. Yeah. And I, I could probably nail it down to an exact minute. Like we're talking the last 45 minutes of the movie yeah is way different than the first hour <laughs> yeah i agree i
0: agree and and we you you were mentioning it and i and when you said it, i was like oh my god yes and it's uh kurgan is like the he's like the guy who who sort of is is he's the biggest example of that because he's so he's he's the big he's he, clancy brown uh plays him and he's uh uh, and so he's essentially playing two characters because at first, he's yeah. sort of like the big
1: menacing, um, you know. He's the ultimate warrior. Yeah. Like, you know, because doesn't, um, well, we'll use some wrestling terms. Doesn't Ramirez, uh, Sean Connery's character, like puts him over, right? Yeah. He says out of all the immortals, he's like the most powerful. Yeah. Right. Um, he he comes from an evil clan of Russians. Yeah. <laughs> Think <the kind laughs> that's Russians, so 80s. Um,
0: but, yeah, exactly he's, yeah and he's he's kind of menacing he doesn't say much he's just and then by the end of the movie he's so camp and so wacky, wacky and arch <laughs> it's
1: so he's weird. just he turns into like this <laughs> well i i know it's a disguise but like he turns into uh like d snyder yeah yeah like a like wacky d snyder yeah and he does a good job of
0: it but like it's no. just sort of like you know if it's just it's just
1: jarring it's very jarring yeah. to see him play like this completely different take on that character like don't get me wrong yeah that transition to the wacky Kargan is weird but clancy brown pulls it off like he does a great job as what i like to call uh sauron <laughs> uh uh Kurgan, you know as the as this crazy like he he's got this crazy armor at the beginning of the movie, right? No one else is in armor. He's got this dragon head like thing. Yeah. Um, And arguably he kills the most immortals. Like, I think that's what you get the sense of.
0: Yeah. He's actively hunting them.
1: Yeah. And, and actively hunting them. Yeah. And, and he takes Sean Connery's life. So spoiler alert there, but, uh, so, uh, but yeah, he does a great job. Um, Casey Brown's had a pretty awesome career. Um, you know, highlights are obviously he plays the uh the main dirty cop in uh Shawshank Redemption. That's probably his most revered role, I guess. Yeah. He's also the voice of uh, Mr. Krabs in uh, uh SpongeBob. Um <laughs> uh, but but yeah, he he's he's in it. He he does a he does a bang bang on job. And it's mm. good enough character. I I like it. Uh he's a good villain, but yeah. When he turns wacky, uh, that's where it it, it kind of went. What?
0: Yeah, it's a, and 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 also in those scenes, uh, those flashback scenes, because most of the flashback scenes are in Scotland, right? But there's a couple of 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 uh, other ones, like the one that you mentioned, where it shows the relationship with his um, with his receptionist, who's very protective of him. And then the other one is when he had that duel in uh, in England, and it was it was kind of funny because he keeps getting shot by by the other duelist, and then he just because he's immortal and he's also drunk at this time, he just keeps getting back up, and uh, and it's a funny scene, but it also is totally incongruous with the other flashbacks.
1: Well, you're right because it it's an offhand conversation that Connor has with the other immortal but they're buddies right? yeah, yeah that's right and he they they, they remin- it's mostly like a reminiscing story I don't know if the two of them were supposed to be in the story but it's just told and you only see Connor in it yeah yeah they have this duel he gets stabbed and you know he does he never shoots Connor he shoots the 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 the, the Earl or whoever he's fighting shoots his um his servant oh right yeah yeah You're right because he brings out the guns and because Connor kind of apologizes for calling his wife some crazy name. I think that's a pretty famous uh, uh, phrase that uh, Highlander fans use, including uh, you know there can only be one. Um, But let's let's talk about that whole there can only be one thing. So this gathering is basically uh, a prophecy, at least I. this is my interpretation that a prophecy that it will be the showdown of the final two. Right. Is that what they call the gathering?
0: Well, I guess, I guess like there's, there are more, more immortals there, right? Like it's, it's in New York. Of course it's in New York. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Where else, where else could it be? (laughs) Exactly. Um, And, uh, and, and because it starts with him, um after he's after he's done watching the, the fabulous Freebirds wrestling match at Madison Square Garden. It's which which we should talk about. <laughs> yeah. It starts with him fighting an immortal in the parking garage. And which I thought was a really and that's the one with that cool shot with the sunglasses that I was talking about. I thought that was a really well done uh fight scene to start things off. Um uh and so like there's other immortals there, like like he meets his friend that we were just talking about. Um, you know, so I think the gathering is supposed to be about like all the last ones coming together. And then one of them comes out on top, but I think due to budget constraints and
1: whatever else it ended up, the final fight ended up being just the, just Kerrigan and and Connor. So, so they also talk about the prize now, um, again, spoiler alerts, but they have this final battle between, uh, McLeod and, uh, and gargan gets bested right um there's this crazy animated scene where in in the canon and all the other stories told what happens after but i get i guess the the impression is every person that you kill you absorb their knowledge and their experiences and i don't know i guess that's how you earn xp and level up in highlander world
0: it seems to be, uh, because there are always, whenever Kurgan does it, they
1: you know, and actually when Connor did it too, there was that big, um, you know, like almost a big thunderclap. Yeah, that, that's the, the what do they call it? The, the quickening. Oh, right? the quickening, right. Yeah. So um, after he, and now again, this would have been smart, but again, in today's Highlander canon, it's probably, it's turned into something dumb probably, but you at least in the way I watched Highlander by itself, the, the ironic thing about the prize is the prize is mortality, but on top of, you know, other things like he can hear and he's telekinetic now. Yeah. He seems to be, (laughs) but but he wants to use his powers for good, but he wants to use it. Right. But the idea that the funny thing is you live centuries or, or as, as an, an immortal, you, you win and you become the one and, um so i don't know how he determines that he is mortal but the idea is he's mortal and the movie ends him living up the rest of his life with and growing old and having kids with uh said um forensic swords lady right yeah at least that's how i i interpret it yeah yeah
0: and and i think i think it would have been cool if that was if it was just that (laughs) Instead of having to throw this other layer of he's got all these other weird powers. And speak of weird powers and the quickening. Ramirez goes through great lengths to tell him that he can, that he can um, sort of uh, tap into the, in, into, into the spirit of nearby animals and use the quickening like to run faster and stuff like that. Never comes up again or it might've come up one other time. I don't know, but never really factors into the story again. So they went through this whole thing of introducing how he can use sort of animal and the animal prowess of nearby animals to his advantage. Mm -hmm. And then never, they never do anything with it after that. Yeah. Yeah, Other, other than that homoerotic run that the two have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's essentially Highlander's volleyball,
1: top (laughs) one volleyball scene i you no you're totally right And, and again that goes uh with our our thing about this movie it seems like it had two cinematographers and two directors working this entire movie because if you look at all the scenes and i i i guess it was they filmed it in scotland right yes yeah yeah it was all the scenes in scotland now granted they've got beautiful scenery to shoot but they're all like very sophisticated shots, like that whole training scene of them on the cliff, mm-hmm. uh, and they're using helicopter. It looks like they blew their budget, and then when they went back to New York, it was just like we have no more money. We got one camera, one shot, one angle, <laughs> action. Because it, it, you're right, it, it, it's it's, and and they introduce more kind of interesting things about the Highlander power, or not Highlander power, but the the immortal power. Um, and yeah, they never use it. You, you, yeah, you're right. Like he just kind of says he hears the what was it a, a not a yak but some kind of antler creature, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They they brought in that whole thing, and I was like, and then I was like, I don't, I don't remember because I was really young when I saw it. But that must sort of factor in, like maybe he taps into a hawk and can fly or, you know, some some sort of thing like that. But
1: now you just, yeah. you don't really do anything with it. But yeah, um, but otherwise enjoyable. And I can see why people like it It, it, it hit a chord with people and people gravitate towards it. Um, it may not be for anyone, but I, I, I get the, the world that they created and there's a lot of things that they could have done more with. And like like you and I were saying, missed opportunities that they could have talked about it looked and i'm shink over the years with the tv shows and everything expanding trying to fill in the gaps because i think one of i don't know if it's a comic book or whatever but it looks to uh like Cargan's backstory like how he's trained and it's like almost like a star wars story right like he betrays his master in the end it's like a sith lord really? type thing uh, and then there's obviously the ramirez story because it's when he meets connor he's like two thousand years old he's the egyptian spanish swashbuckling dude holding a katana with a speaking with a scottish accent speaking with the sean connery i don't do accents i do my own voice yeah whereas um, uh whereas whereas connor either has like
0: the most over the the, 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 the most overwrought sort of <laughs> overdone scottish accent or has that sort of hard to place euro accent um you know rather than that rather than the 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 scottish accent that the egyptian spaniard (laughs) has Mm -hmm. um he does however uh do a good job of calling ramirez an overdressed haggis so that that kind of was was a bit was a bit legit um Um, the other thing the other two that i i forgot because he because he has a claymore right which is that was his family sense. weapon. His or, family or are you talking weapon. about Cargan. Yeah. He he leaves it when his when his uh, love, when his original love dies. Uh, leaves it as a marker. Heather, right? Heather, yes, when yes, yeah, yeah. leaves it as a marker. And then he gets uh, um the 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 Masamune. So uh, if you've played like Final Fantasy or any JRPG, you're like, "I know that sword." <laughs> in every single one of those
1: games and and and, did, and is it is it a is it a a a a a move up like is that was that the right thing to do get rid of the claymore get rid of the family claymore it's it's, and go it's, for the...
0: it's, it's usually a pretty good it's not always the best sword in those games but it's usually pretty good um you know full folded folded over 200 times you know in its creation that's that's what we learned from the forensic.
1: But but no, but that's yeah exactly. Which is which is kind of funny because doesn't she find shards of the sword in the concrete using a metal detector? Yeah, yeah. That's which when, that's when he that's when he first meets her and basically scares the crap
0: out of her. Um, yeah, because he he hides the sword right, yeah. and then he goes back to retrieve it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was uh yeah, their their relationship was really got off on the wrong foot, but uh, uh turned to to um sort of uh a a sort of um romantic partnership rather quickly. <laughs> okay, so I, I remember
1: now. I remember now. So she because again, I, I, I felt that it was a wasted time in the movie. She goes on this huge investigation about trying to find out who what was his name in the movie? Was it some Russell Nash? Russell Nash, yes, yes. So she goes on this whole investigative thing to find out ooh, who is Russell Nash, and you find out Connor's ploy that he does over the generations of how he keeps right inheriting his stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah, he finds he finds like a like a a kid like like somebody who died really young. As a kid, and usually, yeah, yeah, he's like an orphan kid or something, and then he
1: just assumes that identity. But if you ask me, like, who cares? Like, why don't you just have him just keep his stuff and keep moving on, like, just like uh, Bruce Banner? Like, I move from town to town doing my thing, uh, being immortal. Uh, But then he'd have have to leave New York, Larry. You can't leave. Can't leave New York. Can, can can you move from Brooklyn to Queens and then just kind of Staten Island once in a while? But but I but that's where I think the, the movie kind of fails. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that they can tell and give time towards, and then they start inserting all this other. Really, at the end of the day, so what? Mm-hmm. Because that's what happens. She finds out who he is. He confesses to her who he is. Cue the Kenny Loggins or whatever Queen music they hit. Um, but, uh, actually let, let, we, we did talk, you, you brought it up earlier, but the Queen music, mm-hmm. fantastic. I'm not a big Queen fan, but I thought it's quite amazing for a movie like this to suddenly say, yeah, we're going to get Queen to do the music. Now, the interesting thing where the trivia piece about the Queen in this, there was never a soundtrack sold for this movie. So all the songs that Queen wrote for the movie is actually on their album called a kind of magic, which is also a song in Highlander.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's Um, like the de
1: facto soundtrack almost in a way, but it has the, you and I both agreed the world's most hilarious or most fantastic eighties album cover. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like,
0: it's like a really, it's like, it's like a, it's like a really like, (laughs) it's like a really like, over the top cartoon rendition of the of the band and like a lot so of I,
1: like y type colors and stuff. So I guess they couldn't get any rights to bring anything any imagery from Highlander into it because that would've been kind of cool if it was just Queen album they don't reference Highlander but maybe they have a picture of Conor Cloud holding his claymore or whatever. Um but uh, an interesting th- fact like one of the more popular songs on the uh album or in the movie is the song um who wants to live forever and apparently brian may wrote that song when he saw an early cut of the movie where he was um it's basically that montage of connor and heather living through her life Mm -hmm. in the highlands and i i guess he the inspiration for that song came from that scene so um so yeah, interesting, you know, for for music history, but it, you don't, you'll never. It's really rare that stuff like that happens today, right? Uh, I'm, I mean, yeah, like I, I think like that's not in a musical format, meaning like it's not a movie using that. That's like that Metallica movie where they kind of made that weird. That that you ever see that movie? It's it's like a, it's it's the background is a Metallica concert, but this roadie goes. And has to get some stuff for Metallica, and he goes on this crazy adventure. <laughs> but it's played in real time to the concert. I haven't no. It's like the Warriors meets a weird music video. I have. You'll have to look it up. It's it's not good, but <laughs> I, I thought the concept was really neat. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, who, who? What band does that? Or what movie goes? Hey, I want you to come and do some key songs yeah. yeah and what movie is like let's get
0: let's get like the hottest band in the world yeah. right now one of the hottest bands in the world right now to come and 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 do the entire all new songs
1: on this uh yeah now they, now they didn't do the score like there was a proper yeah. like movie score but all of a sudden a queen song would suddenly hit i believe here the, and there in the right
0: score songs. was uh, by michael Kamen uh who uh who who later went on to do the arrangements for Guns N' Roses uh, more orchestral based. Songs. Oh, well, there you go. November Rain and all that stuff. Um well, yeah, yeah, so there's a score and then there's the um and then there, then there's the Queen songs which are, you know, very obviously very prominently figure, featured and why why wouldn't you if you have, if you have them, you know, like uh,
1: why not have them even in the movie? Like just give them the cameo or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, or he could have been at the Queen concert, but instead, and let's let's close out the Highlander with the opener of Highlander, uh, and you know they tried to do like this parallel, I guess, of Connor getting ready for war. Like he's 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 at the wrestling uh, show, which obviously Madison Square Gardens—that's that's McMahon territory. uh but he's the only one kind of in there and not enjoying it. Yeah. Like he's just sitting there, furrow browed, you know, yeah. brooding. Uh, and the fabulous free birds, uh, are fighting some other three, the other three people, like Tonga Kid is in it, uh, Mark Gon, not Garno, not Garno. I was gonna say Mark Garno. uh, but yeah, the, like this movie starts off with this pro wrestling, uh, scene. Yeah, yeah.
0: That
1: <laughs> is really, now, it's, not- it's quite good. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, 1986, like, um, I guess uh, they couldn't afford Hogan.
0: Yeah, these were like uh, these, were, these were weren't these like NWA guys? Like, yeah.
1: no, no, this would have been WWE. Oh, WWE is right. their territory, it's, isn't it? It's Madison Square Gardens yeah. and Michael Hayes. I don't know if Michael Hayes worked the territories, but he right now is like one of the head head creative guys for him right now. Yeah, yeah, um, and. Uh, but but you're you're right. I don't. But it was just kind of we both you and I found it was kind of really interesting to start the movie off there. There was
0: some good shots in that too. There was like some some nice aerial shots of the stadium or the arena and, and all
1: of that kind of stuff. And I want to know. I, I was going to ask you about that too. Uh, I it took me out of the movie for a second because I went in 1986. How did they do that shot? Like it's not a crane shot, but you're right. It, it almost looks like it was like a drone shot. Yeah. Where they were circling the inside of Madison Square Gardens, and then it focuses in on Connor not enjoying the show. Clearly, (laughs) he's not a Freebird fan. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's just, he's looking, his brow is most furrowed. Well, at 1986, he was probably waiting for maybe Sergeant Slaughter. Coco Beware, maybe. Was he? Or, Or Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog, I think.
0: Yeah. It would be all the guys who were in the cartoon. Uh, the Hogan's Rock and Rasty yeah. cartoon,
1: or or maybe Roddy Piper, Piper, right? He was st- he was still from Scotland back then, right? He was, yeah. So maybe
0: maybe he was waiting for Roddy Piper. <laughs> I know. And then maybe Roddy Piper had to cancel, and they could only bring in uh, Michael Hayes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, he
1: didn't look like he was having fun. <laughs> no, I, I get you. Um, well, let's let's close off the Highlander, Curtis. What do you, what do you do? Do you give it a recommend? Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just kind of like really crazy. I agree with you. Like, I think like
0: there was there's much more they could have done with it if it had like a kind of like a more cohesive sort of um like 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 a just kind of a more cohesive tone through the whole thing. If they had done, if they had taken out some of the you know New York stuff and done more flashbacks that that kind of made sense um having said that like you know it's it's a lot of fun clancy clancy brown is great as both versions of Cargan. um yeah and uh, yeah. there's some interesting there's a there's there's some interesting like filmmaking in there that you don't expect to find a movie like this
1: oh uh, yeah especially in 1986 right like it it's it, it' lots of layers and it was sophisticated you're right i i I don't know if I wanted more flashbacks, but i want to know why is Connor the way he is in New York now why is he all furrow browed mm-hmm. and other than the death of heather like like really he's been and then you see world War two and like i it, it was only used to introduce. His assistant but you don't get a sense of you know like is he does he not want to live forever does is he upset about the gathering or is he complete conflict- like i i never got a sense of why he was furrow browed or why he was so weird i also
0: never got the sense of why he was an active participant in world war Two you know like like what was he do- like what was he do- doing like was he a was he a soldier of fortune was he was was he in the wrong place at the wrong time? You know, like he's kind of doing all yeah. this stuff, and you don't really. There's nothing connecting it to. So it would have been nice, like when when I when 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 I'd like to see more flashbacks. I guess I'd just like to see more connectivity
1: between. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 No. No. I think that's probably a better way. Yeah, of, of the saying, and. I I don't know much what happens in the the TV shows and in the subsequent movies. I do remember seeing I think one of the s- sequences, but this was probably the first movie. I don't know if it's ever been done in any other series until Highlander, but I, it 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 most famously uh ignores their sequel, right? The third movie happens because the second movie is is like universally like hated, mm-hmm. I think. That's probably a well and the third movie came out basically um, nulling out anything. So, like the second movie is not even canon, and to to a lot of fans, and to I guess the the whole continuity of Highlander. Yep,
0: Highlander two, The Quickening, I believe it's called uh, X Men, <laughs> X Men three. Uh, they all live in that same sort of <laughs> the, the, the void, void content, the void of you know, void of sequels. Yeah, yeah, if you've been retconned out. That's where you go. You go in that sorry special cinematic hell.
1: Yeah, exactly. Sorry, we, we shouldn't have left you left you uh go. I wonder if um uh Last Jedi will be seen like that. Maybe eventually. people just go, can we just go straight to you know Rise of Skywalker from when we'll just pretend Ray just picks up everything.
0: I think though I think though there are enough people who like Last Jedi whereas yeah. nobody liked highlander 2
1: or x-men 3 <laughs> well um i i will also recommend it um but as anyone uh who's a huge fan of highlander or wants to get into it i think just stop here watch this one it's good by itself i don't need any more Unless you're really, really interested in watching the TV shows or maybe the the new Henry reboot if it ever comes out or whatever form it comes out. Um but uh yeah, you know, enjoyable. I think another winner, definitely not one that I would tell people to stay away from. Mm-hmm. But it is a eighties movie, so yeah, the, the just the eighties weirdness scenes, right? That that's Yeah,
0: that. if you like that kind of stuff, and I know like I kinda like that stuff and a lot of people, you know. Don't mind the '80s weirdness. If you if you don't mind it, then you'll like it. I think like it's just, yeah. it's fun, uh, yeah. and they do some interesting things. and And like you say, there's also some missed opportunities. But I think overall, it's pretty it's pretty solid.
1: Yeah, and and you get to see Clancy Brown's wacky Cargan. Just just watch it for that. It's pretty good. The, the 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 church scene. Yep. The church scene
0: alone. Yeah the church The church scene was like it was it was so like different from from the rest of the the
1: movie but as a standalone scene it was really something else. Do you think he just kind of came to work drunk one day and they just let him go? Quite possibly, like just kind of, quite possibly. Just... Quite
0: possibly. <laughs> it's sort of like sort of like the stories I hear about Nicolas Cage and Face Off like he just he just ad-libbed all this crazy stuff and they were just like just leave it. Just we'll we'll just leave it in. Just yeah. let him do. It. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's end it there. But that's uh, that's 1986's Highlander. Go check it out. Both Curtis and I say, yeah, worth a review. Um, okay, so I guess that ends another show, Curtis. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, you can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Remember to hit subscribe, uh, just like the other Curtis. I think we actually hit over 100 subscribers. No way yeah yeah that's that's a, that's a huge milestone yeah. you know uh yuri has a hundred thousand we're no yuri you know. yeah we're not you no know, we're, we're we're no blow-up doll kazakh bodybuilders yet but you know clawing our way <laughs> clawing our way it's, i guess it's in some it's
0: a hundred more subscribers than we had uh when
1: we started <laughs> exactly exactly so remember to hit subscribe on a button uh if you're on apple podcast uh Give us a little review. It helps with the algorithms, you know, help people find us in our conversation. Um, but, anyways, uh, thank you again. We'll talk to you guys next week uh, for the first episode of Loki. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, more moral ambiguity. Yes, exactly. Of, of good and evil. But uh, just remember, folks, that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. And start looking from home.